So, uh, Larrett, it's time to talk about a really cool game called Witness. Okay, so designed by Dominique Bowden and published by Astari Games and Asmodee Games. Astari is part of Asmodee-ish. It's like a studio okay. of Asmodee. So, Larrett, let, let's talk about this game. So, you haven't had a chance to play this, but I've played it a, a few games. Uh, Witness is set in the world of Blake and Mortimer, Mortimer, a Belgian comic series from the 1940s by Edgar P. Jacobs that exists in the world of Tintin. Okay. He's also the creator of Tintin. Um, it includes 64 cases to solve from four different difficulty levels. Each person is going to play one of the characters and they each get a standee. So uh, the guy I was playing it with, Thomas, was asking me, uh, these standees are kind of pointless, aren't they? And the only thing I could think of is uh, when you're looking at the picture that tells you who to whisper to, it would be the quickest way to find out who's playing which character. Huh. The picture's also on their own personal little book, but uh, they're great little standees. It's like a really high production for as few things as are in this game. Pretty small box, not very much going on. The game is pretty much books. So, I mean, the characters are Blake, Mortimer, Nasir, and LaBruce. So, if you look on the back of the rule book, there's like a biography of each one. Mm -hmm. And like a couple of these guys were only in like one story, <laughs> but it's just like they were finding characters. Yeah. And I guess they're planning for like expansions that bring it to six players because it's got biographies of like two more characters that I've hmm. been. Maybe they're in some of the mysteries that we haven't gotten to yet. I don't yeah. know. There are six, like, 64. That mm -hmm. sounds like a lot. So, so LaBruce is actually part of the like French National Weather Service. Like That's his <laughs> job. I don't know. So, really, it's 1940s comic books. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so, Larry, the game consists of multiple books that are used to try and cooperatively solve a mystery. We've played mysteries about murders, a uh, shell con game, uh, you know, like, you know, uh, one thing under cups that you're moving around. Yeah, yeah. And uh, murder by poisonous flowers. So all kinds of cool little uh, things like that. Oh, yeah. And there's, you know, 61 more. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a, I didn't know there was quite that many. There's a lot of replay value in this. Yeah, for sure. And the difficulty levels. I mean, you look on the back of the case book, it's got them all listed out. And they're like different colors for the different levels of difficulty. Okay. So uh, first, here's what you do. You read the text from the cases book of the mystery you're going to do. It's an introduction to the mystery. It will show who's saying the text and a little picture. It's got a word balloon and he's saying it. So that's the person you have read, whoever's playing that character, right? Mm -hmm. So next, each person looks in their personal clue book to see the clues that they have for that mystery. Mm -hmm. uh, each mystery is just on one page of each of these books. So you can reference your own clue book and the case book at any time. So the next phase is to whisper. There's a track in the middle of the table. It's just like a little, you know, five inch by two inch little, like almost bookmark sized little board. Mm -hmm. And you've got a standee of one of the villains from Blake and Mortimer called the Yellow M. <laughs> so his thing was like spray painting yellow M's all over the place. I don't know. It's a really <laughs> weird theme. So you move him along this track and it tells you who you're whispering to. He starts on number one. Uh, two people whisper to each other and then he moves to the next one. So you just whispered to me and someone else whispered to someone else. Then it moves to the next one. So then I whisper to somebody else who just got whispered to. And the person that just whispered to it, I mean, yeah, it, it gets, goes around like that. Yeah, so, so there's some, yeah, absolutely. So then you've got your information and the information that somebody gave you. So then when you go to whisper, you're passing along your information, information and the information someone just gave you. Then you go back to the beginning and the same two people that whispered at the beginning whispered to the same people again. But now you've got three people's information. Uh, you so know what you I mean? Could, yeah. 
So now when you get that third person's information, the last, the fourth round of whispering, you're going back to the second person you whispered to, and now you're passing along four pieces of information to them. Yeah. Uh, three, three pieces of information, because they already know their piece of information. Yeah. But they're, so yeah, how it this. ends up is you whisper twice and you get whispered to twice, and you, by the end of it, you know all four pieces of information. I mean, that's how it is. It's hard to explain exactly how it is, but whisper twice, whisper two twice, you know all four pieces of information. So... You then, uh, the key to this is that you're eventually going to have someone uh, tell you all the information that you don't already know. You then get a chance to write down clues. There's a big, thick score pad. I could see playing this game enough that... You might need a legal pad or something. Yeah, I mean, pretty easy. It's like the name of the mystery at the top, three places to write down your answers, and a big blank space to, you know, write down clues. Whatever notes or whatever you want. Yeah, so you get a chance to write down clues, and you're frantically writing down clues. Because they're whispering to you. Oh, my God, you start getting so much information in your head that you're just really, really writing down the clues. So then you open up the questions book, and then there's going to be three questions to answer. Some of the mysteries will just be straight three questions, and then some of them will have pictures or diagrams or graphs or stuff like that. And what's cool about them is they're not the questions you would expect. So it doesn't just say, what is this? Which is like what you're expecting. Like, what cup is the thing under? Mm-hmm. It doesn't say that. It says, would the fact that there is no ball under the first cup lead you to believe that the uh, person doing the game is a con artist? Ah, Things like that. Yeah. And then it, the, it'll say, would the fact that there's no nothing under the right cup lead you to believe that he's a con artist? And then it says, like, you bump the table, like, you know, LeBruce bumps the table to make the middle cup fall over. There's nothing there. Would that lead you to believe that this man is a con artist? Like, would the fact that it's not under the middle lead you to believe that? Yeah. Not that there's no ball, just that it's not under the middle one. Yeah. So they're really challenging questions. That's the where the crux of this game is, how challenging the questions are. And it makes you really have to think around the question. You've got to understand what they're asking and what they uh-huh. really want to know rather than what the obvious, what you would think the answer is. That sounds For sure, man. super cool. Yeah, it, it's pretty great. Uh, each player answers the three questions. You then open the solutions book, read out the answers, and the score is based on the amount of correct answers between the players. So it does a sort of Hanabi-like scoring where it's like, uh, the most you can get is three, six, nine, twelve. So if you get 12, it's like, great job. If you get like zero through four, it's like, um, read the whisper again and try this mystery <laughs> over. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So it's got that kind of scoring and you're just trying to get the best score you can. So really this game, it doesn't really matter even what you're scoring. You could start really challenging yourself to get good scores, but at no point did we really care what our score was. The act of the game was so much fun that it didn't even matter. It's almost like the telestrations as an activity. Who cares what the score is? Yeah. You know, that's where games like Hanabi and this get to. They're a little more important than something like telestrations. Yeah. But I mean, honestly, if we're scoring like half, we didn't really care. It was so much fun doing the actual act of the game. And that's where it is. Because it's fun to do the whispering part. One of the things I thought was that it was going to get kind of awkward. Yeah. You know, like, especially if you're playing with people that, you know, you're not around all the time, which we were like, is it going to be awkward to have to like get a whisper in people's ear and like, but it wasn't, it was just a lot of fun. And one of the things that happens is there's not a ton of like outright humor in this game, but where the humor comes from is really trying to focus and remember and you just get kind of like it gets kind of to like a goofy laughter sort of place like everyone starts getting really punchy because the book is so like 
it's not slapsticky, but it's like, aha, like huzzah, like that yeah, sort of that 1940s stuff. 1940s kind yes. of. And they really, really, really went with the theme in this game. As much as you could go with the theme, just like read a mystery, read your clues, whisper, write down the clues, answer the questions. Like they got the theme in this thing like crazy, man. I mean, how they got it in that blows my mind. But I mean, they really did. I mean, you really feel you can get into like, okay, we're playing these detectives and we're trying to solve this mystery. And like you start like feeling and the cases are only like one little blurb of text. It's not like they explain every, it's not like you read a short story and then try to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've really like brought down the like story driven mystery game into like simple things with tough, challenging questions. And I think it's something special, man. So sounds pretty awesome. Yeah. So, uh, the game is incredibly interesting. It's got some of the coolest mechanics I've seen. And it's so simple. There's so little, such a little amount of actual stuff in the box uh-huh. six seven books and like some standees and like the little Track. bookmark things you know yeah and there's uh all iterations that there could be there's two of those bookmark looking things and there's a reverse side to each of them where it goes the opposite direction so all iterations that could be whispering and whisper to for a whole game are included oh. so it at least gives you that and 64 mysteries so uh, like I said, I thought the whispering might be awkward, but it just it was fun and great the entire time. The rule book is incredibly simple. It's two pages. So there's a front to the rule book. And the back. back has all of the, like, you know, s- stories about the characters. Nothing about the game on the back, so which is one, fun. One page, really? No, I mean the inside, the oh, two oh, inside sorry. pages. So you look at those two pages, like a giant... Three quarters of one of those pages is an example of play. And then like a quarter of a page is the quick start rules. (laughs) Don't feel like reading the rules. Here's the quick start rules. I don't know how you could not feel like reading that like one page of rules. But it's, I mean, the rules are like a third of the page. It's like you read that third of the page, you're ready to go. Nice. I mean, that's simple. I mean, you not much to get going and as much depth as there is in this game. It's pretty awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where the, the, complexity of the game is so driven by the actual game and not the complexity of the rules yes you know that's pretty awesome that is good you know because you get into a lot of these heavy euros and a lot of the complexity of the game is like oh this game is complex because it's hard to do yeah not it's complex because the game offers such interesting decisions and you know a lot of them get into that you know sometimes i felt kanban sort of got into those areas you know yeah a game like progress evolution of technology gives me more of this feeling okay There's such interesting decisions and i'm feeling so good about putting down this because it's got these prerequisites that that's where it comes in it was a hard game to learn yeah so Just, but this really goes in that direction where it's like all of the complexity of this game is in the gameplay is in the gameplay and it's in these books and in these like simple little like 10 word questions that just like really make you just start like, Oh my God, how am I going to answer that? And you have to start looking at your clues. And by the end we were getting better at writing our clues down and like writing down every single little piece. And one of the cool things is when you're reading your own little clue booklet and you're about to start passing that along, it bolds certain words, Uh. right? So then, you know, like these are the important things to hit. So you would start just telling people, the so-and-so is so-and-so, not the whole thing of uh, like, the so-and-so is a blah, blah, blah. And like, you wouldn't tell them it. the whole thing because we got the feeling like, oh, we're going to have to end 
eventually remember four different things, yeah. you know? At one point, we tried. This is a really tough game. That's the thing about this is that it's actually pretty tough. Yeah. We tried at one point to just jump up to the next level of difficulty, level two of four. Should not have done that after only playing it a few times. So It was really hard once. Yeah, so you start out, and you've got like two bolded words, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, I can do this. You're eventually going to be remembering eight things. I flipped to the like last level of difficulty, like seven bolded words just in my clue booklet. Wow. So you think about that. You're something. having to remember 25 to 30 key points to be able to answer three questions. Wow. It's pretty wild, right? Yeah. And what was really cool about this game is that they're not all just basic questions. Like, you know, those aren't basic questions because it's asking you, does this lead you to believe this? But then you get to the flower one and it's got pictures. So mm-hmm. you remember that someone said, oh, a leaf or a flower petal fell off of this one. And then someone else said, the poisonous flower has an even number of petals. And someone else said, the poisonous flower is yellow. So you look and you go, well, I know the poisonous flower has to be yellow, but that's got an odd number. But I remember they told me that the poisonous one had a petal fall off. Yeah. So, um, but they also told me that it's got this shape. It's tulip shaped. So this is tulip shaped. It's got an odd number, but a petal fell off. So we're good. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you can remember all those things and write them down really quick, I mean, it's pretty awesome. Man. Sounds pretty People cool. worry about the replay value. I've heard a lot of things about the replay value of this game. But to me, you're probably not going to remember the answers to 64 different mysteries. If you go through so, one, one to the end. Yeah, you're really looking at, you know, 64 times three because there's that many questions. Yeah. And you start over or even go back. You know, you're really good at the game. Playing so, different roles and things. Yeah, I mean... If you just were the kind of person that remembered every single answer or even enough to be like, oh, I don't want to play this anymore, 64 awesome games of Witness to me is worth the small price tag. I think this game was 25 or $30. I mean, if you got 64 awesome, you know, 15, 20-minute games out of this, I think that's pretty worth it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, you spend that much going out to a movie. Yeah, absolutely. Put it up for five years and then go back to it. Yeah. You know, get six, and maybe they'll do expansions. I That's don't what know. I'm holding out for Cranium. You know, we got the expansion. Oh, uh, yeah. We there's, played so there's much. One more expansion, too. Uh, we played so much Cranium. We pretty much did start memorizing the questions, and there's a lot. Yeah. And we now have that and mix them in. I mean, you really, yeah. So. Yeah, man. This game, uh, to me, seems like a game that I'm not necessarily going to get to the table very often because the one negative thing about this game is that it requires exactly four players. Mm can't play with less can't play with more so it's hard to get a group of exactly four people together yeah you know we usually play with two or three and then you know sometimes when we just happen to have these people come over with these people it's five you know yeah so i mean luckily we've got this uh you know couple friends that like we will get four people and we can play this game but i know this is going to give me a lot of enjoyment for many years to come but i'm not going to get to play it all the time but it seemed like a game that was probably going to be a pretty small print run i mean it's such a random little game yeah but it was so interesting to me i just had to have it i mean i snagged this game up i pre-ordered this game i don't pre-order games very often yeah i was so excited for this i pre-ordered it and the theme and the art i mean everything about it is super interesting to me i i'm a comic book guy and i mean i know a lot about the history of tin tin and stuff and i've read some tin tin comics so like that theme is really cool. The art is the art from the comics. I That's mean, pretty cool. It's a great, great game, man. I mean, 
everybody should go buy this game, especially if you've got a family of four people mm-hmm. and like, you, you play know, it. teenagers or, you know, 12, 13, 14 years old. And you guys could play this game and like get really good at like cooperatively solving mysteries. I mean, fantastic game. So witness from Astari games or Asmodee editions. Oh, go get it, man. It's uh pretty cool. I can't wait till you get a chance to play it. Sounds like a fixed, much better themed version of the CSI board game that I yeah. always, always yeah. I love to hate on. I, it's uh, so terrible. <laughs> I wish this game was popular enough. And it's not popular because, I mean, I think that it's got limitations, like four players only, smaller print run probably, yeah. odd theme. I wish people would give it a chance. I wish it had been a huge enough release that enough people were playing it that people had figured out two-player variant and a three-player variant. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm, like, waiting for the day when someone posts on Board Game Geek a two-player variant because that day is going to be awesome because <laughs> I can't wait to play this with just me and you or me and my wife. Yeah. Because, I mean, I could think of a few little ways, but there's people out there who are way better at doing these variants than I am. Yeah. So. Anyway, man, that is Witness from Asmodee Editions. Yeah.